listening to the Destiny Community Church Podcast. We have that feeling right now that God has prepared us for this, this moment right here, for this day, for this inaugural service. I know He has for me. And right now, God's looking down and He's going, that's it. That's why I put you on this planet. God gets satisfaction out of satisfying the dreams and visions that He puts into our lives. Philippians 1 and 6 says this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. If he started it in you, he will finish it in you if you allow him to. Amen. Amen. Joseph, amen. Who is that baby? <laughs> you, can, you can thank yourselves for aging me. You saw what I looked like 15 years ago. All this gray is because of you. <laughs> Happy anniversary, DCC. <laughs> 15 years, 15 years. And there's a few special guests in the room that, that I invite every year. And um, some of them were in first service, actually. And I just want to make mention of some of our, our city commissioners that were in first service with us. Um, Monty Farnsworth was here. Mark Clark was here. And Ricky Coleman, they were all here. And um, I know they're not here right now, but would you just appreciate them for being here? And yeah. I, uh, I look around right now, and I, I know that we have at least two commissioners in the room right now. The uh, first one I want to make mention of is Tony, uh, Tony Maison. There he is. City Commissioner, thank you for being here. And, and one of my favorite. UPS drivers also, man. You're fantastic, bro. You are fantastic. And, uh, of course, our, our, our very own Commissioner Tim Martin is here, too. Tim, would you stand? Yeah. So good to see you. Yeah. I don't believe that our city manager, Mike New, is here. I have not seen him. Is he here? Speak now and forever. Hold your peace. He wanted to be here and, and just had a prior obligation and could not be here today, but we appreciate him. He's usually here with us. But the next person that I want to thank and, and invite up to the stage, actually, to greet you is my mayor, the mayor of Newberry, and he is my mayor, Jordan Marlowe. Would you welcome Jordan Marlowe? Hey, as he comes over here, I want to brag on him just for a minute. And uh, he, no, come here, come here, come here, come here. Man, I appreciate this guy so much. And um, in first service, we had a guest that I was not expecting. Um, Bishop Kelvin Cobaris was here. Um, and he's from the Orlando area. And he, he surprised me. I didn't know he was going to be here. And Bishop Cobaris and myself, we have been working with a group of other guys um, trying to bring some reconciliation, rec racial reconciliation to churches. There's such a divide there, and we're trying to, to fix some of that stuff. And, um, I, and I can tell you that a big part of my involvement in it, in it is because of this guy right here, because he is helping lead the charge here locally for racial reconciliation right here in Newberry, and I appreciate that so much. And on top of that, yes, amen. On top of that, he has taken it very seriously in his fine fighting the opioid crisis that we have. And so I appreciate you, Mr. Mayor. Please greet the people here. Good morning, DCC. Before I, I wish you happy birthday, I would like to ask for a favor. Uh, if you would, 
say a, a short, quick little prayer for me. I've got students in the room that I teach public speaking to. And they are judging me so hard right now. Uh, they're going to take probably better notes this morning than they do in the classroom. But I'm going to hear about every um, every uh, time I fumble, every time I put my hand in my pocket. I'm going to hear all about it tomorrow. So, and I can feel the prayer. Thank you. I appreciate that. But happy birthday, DCC. I appreciate you. I appreciate Pastor Rocky giving me the opportunity to come here and address you on your birthday. Uh, I've had the pleasure of sharing the past 10 birthdays with you. Uh, I've been with you, and I've noticed a trend, a theme, periodically over the years. Pastor Rocky will compare the age of your church to the age of a child and watch that growth pattern. And I would like to say to you that if that theme holds true, that I view DCC as a prodigy. Because every day, this church, you, your pastors, they teach me the real meaning of what it means to be a follower of Christ, what it means to be a Christian. Uh, you guys live it. You breathe it. It's not just here on Sunday. It's how you live your lives in this community. And I'm so grateful and so thankful that DCC has been in Newberry for 15 years. Now, don't look at your calendar. There's, there's not an election next week. I'm, I'm not. You got a while, right? Um, I'm not laying it on thick. I am being as sincere as I possibly could be because I stand here in awe of you and what you guys have done, what you've accomplished, what you've meant for me, for this community, for our schools in 15 years. It's truly, it is just amazing. It is absolutely amazing. And so that you know that my words are sincere, I, I want to tell you some of the things that you guys have done. Because I know that you've done so much, you've forgotten. That's right there is kind of an amazing thing. That you have given back, you've done so much, that you've forgotten all the things that you have done. I, as a teacher, and I guess I should fess up that my first year of teaching was DCC's first year of being a church. So when I think about your impact, I don't think about it necessarily from the dais of City Hall. I think about it from the front of the classroom. And I see your impact in the faces of your children. I see your impact in the kinds of activities that they volunteer for, the, the initiatives that they lead, that they support, that comes bubbling up from them. And if our children are the faces and reflections of the parents then you guys, you guys are inspiring because they are inspiring. DCC in 15 years, probably as a teacher and as a mayor, I've had lots of opportunities, lots of needs. I've gone to the community for food for a child, for a family, for a whole team, for a whole class. We've needed clothes. We've needed hygiene products. We've needed a bus to Montgomery. DCC in 15 years has never once said no. You guys have been there long before I was a mayor. Uh, I was just a lowly first-year teacher, and DCC was there, setting up the sound equipment in the auditorium, 
so that our kids could have a talent show. You get out into the community, and I appreciate that so much. And just in case I haven't proven quite yet that you guys have forgotten all that you've done, I have the receipts, as my kids will say. I know that that's true because your lead pastor doesn't remember all that you guys have done. In 2018, I had the opportunity to give a State of the City address, and we had a banner year in 2018. We got things done in the city of Newberry that previous commissions had worked on for decades and had not accomplished. And we got it done. In 2018, I'm giving the State of the City speech. I'm coming to the end. I'm talking about how we got it all done. And I'm telling a story about uh, how one of our churches had to close its doors because it didn't have a roof. It was leaking. They needed money to fix their roof. They couldn't generate enough money. And the point of my story was that DCC taught me that in order to be successful, you have to sow into the dreams of others. So I'm telling the story. I hadn't mentioned DCC's name. I'm telling the story of this wonderful church that saw another church in need. And they came to that church's aid, and they made sure that church had a rooftop. And I looked down in the front row, and Pastor Rocky is sitting there with an expression on his face, clearly wondering who this wonderful church is. He, he's, wow, man, why didn't we think of that? That's, I can't wait to find out the church that did this great thing. And then I say, it was Destiny Community Church. He had forgotten. He had forgotten. You could see it written on his face. No one in the room was more surprised than he was. <laughs> when you give and you do so much for a community that you forget truly amazing presence, amazing gifts back to the community, that's all I need to know about this church, this tribe, this family. That is your legacy. You have changed the city of Newberry in the last 15 years. The city of Newberry is a better place. So on behalf of your Newberry City Commission, on behalf of the community, on behalf of all three schools, thank you. Thank you, Pastor Rocky. You're, you're the change. It's not just this community. It's all around. Because I know that I don't even know all of the things that you guys do. So thank you. Continue to be an inspiration. And I will always love you for the things that you have done and continue to do. Thank you, DCC. Happy birthday. Appreciate you. My mayor. That's, that is a true story. I had no idea what church he was talking about as I was sitting on the front row listening to him give that. And um, Mandy and I began to talk, and she says, I think we did. I'm not, I'm not sure. And sure enough, we had to come back and go through some financial records to figure out that we did put a, a roof on a church that I just didn't remember. But praise God, that's all on you. That's all on you. That's your faithfulness, church. You guys are awesome. And I just, I'm so honored that I get to be the pastor here. Um, I had no idea, no idea that 15 years later I would still be here. Probably had plans to move on after we planted this thing. But um, when God puts you somewhere, you better stay put. And God has us here for a very specific purpose. I know that. 
But it doesn't stop. You know, I, I made a statement early on in our church's history, and I've said it a few times since, but I made a statement one time, and I said, if we were to cease to exist, would they miss us? Would our community miss us? If DCC was just to, to dry up and blow away, we were no longer in existence, would anybody notice? And I think it's safe to say that because of God's faithfulness, we've made such an impact that we would be missed. I'm going to talk about that some today. Before I do, I want to give you an opportunity. Um, our serve month is coming up in November. It used to be a serve day. It has turned into a serve month. And right now, today, the online form is ready for you to submit. Not to sign up to serve. That's not what this is. We'll have that later. This is to submit projects. We are looking for projects. We've got some standard projects that we're going to be doing every year. We're going to do the free oil change for, for widows and single moms. We're going to go to the cemeteries. We're going to clean up, get things looking right before uh, the most visited time of the year, which is Thanksgiving. And so we're going, to, we're going to do those kinds of things. Other projects that we do annually. But we're looking for projects. And you can go right now to destinycommunitychurch.org slash serve. Or you can just go onto our, our app or our website, go to event registration and go to serve projects submittal form, and you can, can su submit projects right now. There's just a little bit of information you have to fill out so that we kind of know what we're looking at, how much cost is involved with it, just a few details like that. And I told our commissioners and our mayor in the first service, and I'll tell the commissioners that are in the room right now and, and our mayor, if, if you see things in our community that need some work that, that we can put our hands on and we can help beautify, we can help make it better, submit a project to us. And everyone in the room, you're open to do that. If it's not in Newberry and you're from a surrounding community, we do other projects in other communities and other counties. And so submit it. And we'll let you know if we can't do it. But right now, we're looking for the projects. And so uh, go ahead, destinycommunitychurch.org slash serve. Fill out that submittal form and help us get prepared for our annual serve month coming up in November. Hey, and for those of you that sign up for that and, and you actually serve, we'll have that later, uh, you, you get the, the infamous red T-shirts that we all wear when we look like a cult walking around. And uh, so it's going to happen. It's going to be fun. Amen? Yeah. Amen. God, I thank you for what you've done here. It's nothing short of amazing. It's amazing in our eyes, Lord, but it's just... Another day at the office for you. I've come to realize, Lord, there are no miracles in your eyes. It's just what you do. We see it as a miracle, Lord, because it goes against and beyond human nature, human ability. And in our eyes, Lord, it becomes the miraculous. Lord, I pray that today... We are inspired as we celebrate what you've done in and through this church. We realize, Lord, that we're, we're just a part of the body of Christ. But thank you for making us a significant part. Your hand of blessing on us is very evident. Thank you, Lord, for choosing us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'm, I'm not really here to preach today. Don't say amen to that. I don't really want to preach. I, I want to exhort and I want to edify. And um, I want to encourage you as we just celebrate what, what's happened. You know, it's our, it's our anniversary. It's our 15-year birthday, anniversary, if you will. And anniversaries 
are reminders of significant events in history, in our history. And sometimes when we talk about an anniversary, it, it might be an observance of, of an event that we wish would have never happened, but it's still worth remembering. You, you know those things that I'm talking about, like the anniversary of a loved one's death. This past year, I've, I've, I've had to remember that my dad died a little over a year ago. And, and so we have those moments um, which, by the way, it's great to have my mama in service with us as she's still learning her new norm without dad. But it's good to have you here, mom. We have things like the anniversary, December 7th of Pearl Harbor. It's not that we celebrate it, but man, those lives, brave, brave soldiers. We recognize them and we honor them on days like that. Uh, for, for many of us, I remember I was in school and, and I remember exactly where I was sitting, what classroom I was in on, on, on the day that the space shuttle Challenger exploded. And so there's an anniversary to that tragedy and, and, and the disintegration of the space shuttle Columbia. That's another one that just stands out in our minds. And just yesterday, just yesterday, 9-11, where we remember the horrific attack, attacks that took place 20 years ago yesterday. These are anniversaries of things that we don't necessarily want to, to, to celebrate, but yet we know they are worthy of being remembered. And what we have learned through these things is that these events don't destroy us. If we allow them to, they, they make us stronger because we're not defined by yesterday's tragedies. Amen? We're not defined by yesterday's tragedies. No, we are strengthened and we're fortified by them if we allow God to do a work in our lives. But sometimes, sometimes we use anniversaries to remind us of positive, meaningful moments that we want to remember. It could be the birth of a business. And so every year, the, the anniversary comes around and you celebrate the start of that business. It could be a wedding anniversary. Men, don't forget your wedding anniversary. Get it tattooed on your hand or something. Don't forget it. You would save me a lot of counseling if you would just remember your wedding anniversary. Amen. It's important. <laughs> and I'm making, this is like, I'm making it. Hard for you guys right now. I know some of you have forgotten and, and she's nudging you right now. It's tough. <laughs> Anniversary can even be the beginning of a ministry. For the next few moments, what I want to do is I want to walk you through some significant events in DCC's history. Beginning with September 2006 when we launched this church. 15 years ago, it was a packed house. We had 101 in attendance in that little, little building that would later become our student center, now Greenfield Preschool. 101 in attendance on that first Sunday, and the next week I grew it to 70. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> in March of 2008, our small congregation took a bold step and we purchased this 20 acres of land that we're on right now. Just a small group of believers. It, it was a big step for us. To purchase something that, that 
was so far in the distance. We knew it was going to be a while before we could build on this property. But that small group of believers had vision. Fast forward to our 10-year anniversary service in September of 2016. And it was the service where we, I would love to say we stormed the gates of hell. But no, we just set up a tent in the middle of Hades is what it was. Because it was the hottest day in history. And swamp coolers will not cool a tent. Nope. But it was on that day that we, we broke ground. And we began the site prep for this property. We should have known something. Because the ground was so hard, we could not get our shovels to go into the ground. It was so hard. We just, it, it, was, it was poor planning. It was, we should have had some loose dirt there on top, but I remember looking at Mandy and she's next to me with her shovel and I was like, just move, move. We got to turn some dirt. I mean, this is, you know, it should have been a sign that we were not going to start building for a few years because it was going to be a hard process. Yeah. September 9th, 2018 in the Panther Palace, the middle school where we met for 11 and a half years, we signed the documents of our construction loan. At that moment, it got real. Such a great celebratory day. And I'll never forget June the 7th of 2020, our first Sunday in this new facility. And if you know anything about our history, you'll know that our last service after two years, after the church was two years old, um, our last service in in the old church building, the student center where we would meet, I had everyone get down on their knees and pray. And then 11 and a half years in the middle school, and then we moved into here on June 7th, 2020. And once again, I had everybody get on their knees and thank God for humble beginnings. But now we had a place that we could call home. That's significant for us. These are significant events in our church's history. And, and, and as you can see, God has just been so faithful to us that what started as a group of 15 believers with a rookie pastor, man, thank you for letting me grow and mature. I thought I was ready to pastor a church of 1,000 people when I moved to Newberry. I was not. I wasn't. I had to grow. I, I had to mature And in the process, you allowed me to do that. You allowed the staff to do that. You were growing and maturing in God. We just kind of grew up together is what happened. But man, your grace for me as a young pastor, I'm so thankful for it. And we started with 15 believers with a rookie pastor. And and now, look at us. And and I can safely say, I know this to be factual. We are a world-changing movement now. I'm reminded of an interesting discourse spoken by Jesus on the night that he was arrested. If you remember this night, he gathered all of his disciples together in an upper room and had them all sit on the same side of the table. I really got to know my audience. (laughs) Bless your heart. Some of you have no idea. You're like, what? The Last Supper. Come on, stay with me. He had all of his disciples gathered in this upper room to enjoy one last meal with them. And and what Jesus says in this moment, you have to understand 
that this is going to set the standard, the stage, if you will, for what is going to happen with these early believers, with these, these, this group of disciples that are going to lead the early church. So the words that come out of his mouth in that moment, they have to be significant. And, and in a lesson, right at the beginning of this, of this meal, in this lesson on servant leadership, the most powerful man in the room leverages his power to benefit everybody else in the room by kneeling down and washing their feet. The very one that should have had his feet washed, the most powerful man in the room, leverages his power to benefit all of the others in the room and he washes their feet. And what happens next is it just it's, it's mind-boggling to me. Because we seldom operate like this. Because the next thing he does is he discloses that he knows that one of them, Judas, is about to betray him. Sell him off to be arrested. That's a lesson all in itself because think about it. He just, just washed the feet of the man that he knew was going to betray. He served the one that he knew was going to betray him. I'm not even sure if I know how to walk that out in my own my own Christianity. But man, what a lesson. And he immediately teaches them that the importance, uh, he teaches them the importance of loving one another and he says, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples by the way that you love one another. And it's this beautiful lesson that he teaches to them and just to keep Peter from being too hard on old Judas, he predicts that Peter is going to deny him three times before sunrise. Peter's like, no, I, I will not. He says, you're going to deny me three times before sunrise. And then what happens next, man? This is beautiful. He, he says, I go to prepare a place for you. If it were not so, I wouldn't have told you. But he says, I'm going to prepare a place for you so that where I am, there you can be also. So he makes this promise to his, to his disciples, to his followers, his closest followers. And he says, there, there's, there's going to be a day that I'm going to take you to where I am. But right now, I'm going to prepare that place. And then Jesus makes this audacious statement. Everything I've said, I want you to hear this. It's one verse today. That's it. Usually, if you're used to hearing me preach, my text is much longer. But it's just one verse today. John 14 and 12. Here's what Jesus says. It's, it's a crazy statement. Truly, truly, I say to you. Whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do because I am going to the Father. Am I the only one that that, that statement just bothers? I mean, does he know who he is? Greater? Greater works? Jesus doesn't turn his, his water back into wine, right? He's had a little bit too... Greater works? That's, that's nuts, man. Greater works? And it begs to ask the question by greater, does he mean more sensational? When he tells his disciples, you're going to do greater works, are they going to be more glorious than what he did? Because what he did was pretty, pretty glorious. Greater in magnitude? What are we talking about, Jesus? When you say that if we believe in you, we're going to do greater works, what does that mean? And, and I went and I looked up the actual Greek word that's used there, and it's the Greek word megas, and it means more. 
much more abundant. This word is used other times in the New Testament for the word abundant or abundance. Jesus was telling them, you're going to do more works, much more, an abundant more of works. And what we have to understand, church, and this is good. Some of you, you've never grabbed hold of this, so this isn't even part of your theology, but maybe today you'll get it. At the moment that the resurrected Christ ascended to his rightful position in heaven, at that moment, we became the earthly body of Christ. It's not that he isn't here anymore. It's just that he is there, and through us, the body of Christ, he is here. And he's called the body of Christ to do greater things than what he did, meaning more abundantly, more, much more, empowered by the Holy Spirit. See, he didn't even let us do it within our own power. He sent the Holy Spirit to empower us, and we're called to do more works, much more works, and an abundance of works. And the worldwide body of Christ is greater in number. Think about this. We are greater in number than the original group of believers that were in that upper room that night when he said... If you believe in me, you're going to do greater works than I did. More. In abundance. More. And as a local body of believers, understanding that we're part of the worldwide body of Christ, but as a local body of believers, we get to fulfill the call of Christ on our lives to do greater works. When a small group of people started meeting on Wednesday nights in the summer of 2006, we were uniting ourselves together to do greater things. We didn't know what those things were going to be, but we, we just had faith in each other, and more importantly, we had faith in God that what was starting was going to do something greater. And throughout the years, we have grown. And we have gained greater potential to do greater things. Let, let, me, let me tell some of you who are a little reluctant about being a part of a church, whether you're watching online or in person, let me, let me tell you something. Before you stare down your nose and you criticize organized religion, before you look at this and you become judgmental, and listen, I, I know that there's some ministries out there that, that we probably should be a little leery of. I understand that. But when you find a good church and you become a part of a body of believers, it increases it multiplies your opportunity for impact more than ever before. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you what I'm talking about today because throughout the years, this church, we have multiplied our abilities to do great things, to do greater things, more in abundance than what Christ did. There's so many of you in the room, hundreds of you, that you have volunteered to serve our community through free Easter egg hunts, family fests, festivals, and, and even serve days that ser turned into serve months. You have been a part of that, and soon you'll get to be a part of those things again. 
Some of you, you don't even know, but you've invested thousands of dollars into local schools and into students. Hey, just next week, we are, are sponsoring, us, DCC, we are paying for all of the t-shirts that will be used at our high school's uh, football game for the blue out. And, and, and the first 300 fans that show up, they're going to get these t-shirts free. And, and the reason why is because you're paying for them. And let me tell you what we did. We put all of our Buy a Tree Change of Life sponsors on the back, didn't ask them for another dime. Why? Because of your faithfulness. Our Buy a Tree Change of Life sponsors, they're going to get some extra mileage. We wanted the world to know what they did and that it makes a difference. And, that, and we just wanted to say thank you to them. And so all of those t-shirts are going to be passed out for free because of you. And we've done this kind of stuff for years. For years. You have given tens of thousands of dollars to Sarah, our pregnancy care center. Why? Because we believe that the unborn are still living beings. And we want to make sure that we do everything that we possibly can to save their lives and to minister to mothers and even fathers. And so we have invested tens of thousands of dollars into Sarah. You've raised tens of thousands of dollars, if maybe hundreds of thousands, for orphans in Kenya, Rwanda, Haiti, Guatemala, and that's just to name a few. And one that touches my heart so much is when you heard of this little orphan girl named Rosa who had a heart condition. And unless she had the surgery, it was going to kill her. And I came to you and asked you, I said, they, they need $5,000. $5,000, that's it. We can save this little girl's life for $5,000. And you gave every penny of it. And today, she's alive and well. <laughs> I came back from a mission trip in, in the fall of 2014. And some of you will remember this, but, but standing on a concrete slab one night, the last night that we were there, as the missionary told me the story about how they had to baby, uh, or bury a baby, Juan Carlos was his name, and they had to bury him. And his funeral was held in the cafeteria of this orphanage because we're standing on the concrete slab of where the chapel was supposed to be, but they didn't have the funds to finish it. And it broke my heart. These kids needed a place to worship. They needed a place to learn about Jesus Christ. They needed a place to be baptized. They needed a place for vacation Bible school. They just, they, they needed a church. And I came back to you from that, that mission trip. And the very next day, I stood on a stage in the middle school. And I presented this to you. And I asked the missionary on that night, I said, Josh, what will it take to finish this? Again, we're just standing on a concrete slab. And he said, it, 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 it's going to take $25,000. I said, are you certain? Are you sure? I mean, this stage costs more than $25,000. And I said, are you, are you sure? He said, man, things are cheaper here. We can get it done. And you, you raised the money, $25,000 in the last quarter of 2014. And we built this beautiful chapel that sits on a mountainside there. And we didn't ask for it, but when we got there for the dedication, they named it Destiny Chapel after us. At our 10-year anniversary service, Josh's wife and his daughter were visiting with us, and I had her greet everyone, and that was, that was the service where we camped out in Hades. And, and underneath that tent, she 
she shared with us an update on the orphanage, and I asked her in front of everyone, you know, what, 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 do, what do you need? What are you looking for? I just felt the Holy Spirit prompting me. What do you need to raise money for? And she said, we need to do an expansion. Our, our cafeteria is not large enough for the number of kids, and, and we, we need to grow. And I led us to, to take up a spontaneous offering. And most of the money was raised there, but over the next few months, you continue to give and you raised $26,401 to do that expansion. Just this past year, I asked Mark and Rachel Woodstuff, I asked Mark if he would be our site director for Buy a Tree, Change a Life, something I've been wanting to be a part of for years. And now that we were finally on this property, I knew that we could. Man, I'm so thankful for our business sponsors, because of our business sponsors, before the, the truck was, was even open to unload all the Christmas trees, all the Christmas trees were paid for. That meant every tree that we sold for way too much money was going to be straight profit. And many of you, you bought beautiful Christmas trees, by the way, but you paid way too much making donations above asking price. And, and you're going to get to do that again this year. Amen. You know who led the applause just then? Your daughter. You train up a child in the way they should go. When they're old, they will not depart from it. Through Buy a Tree Change of Life, we raised $42,000. 50% of it immediately. We wrote a check and it went to help children in Cambodia. $21,000. Just, man, just let me tell you. Until you write checks like that, and you, well, I don't write them, but, but when you sign checks like that, you have no idea what being a blessing is, man. I'm telling you, it's just, it just does my heart good. The other 21,000, the other 50% of the proceeds from Buy a Tree Change of Life was to stay in our community, to bless kids in our community. And, and uh, we put together a committee and, and of, of people that just, they were living and breathing by a tree change of life. And we thought, man, there's nobody better to help us disperse these funds. And so they made some decisions. We bought backpacks and school supplies for students at our local elementary school. We helped send our varsity baseball team to win the state championship. We wrote a $2,000 check so that they wouldn't even have to worry about hotel rooms. And many of those kids, man, they were able to go because of that. Again, Sarah, the Pregnancy Crisis Center, the Pregnancy Care Center, we wrote a check for $4,700 to send to them. But man, the one that got me. We wrote a check for $10,000 for Foster, Florida. Let me tell you, I've said it so many times, put your money where your mouth is. And if there's people that are having children, but they don't know what to do with them, rather than abort them, and they go into the foster system, foster care system, let's do something about that and make foster parents, let's make their lives easier. We wrote a $10,000 check for Foster, Florida, and, and th this made me proud and sad at the same time, man. I'm telling you, mixed emotions with this. When they told us, when they picked up the check and they looked at us and they said, this is the largest single donation we've ever received, $10,000. And the pride quickly just, it broke my heart because I was like, man, this shouldn't be. And I looked at them and said, we'll commit to do it again next year. 
And then last Sunday, oh my Lord, what a roller coaster ride, right? Pastor Bill Wilson was here from Metro World Child. He shared with us, and, and just his ministry, it's, it's so foreign to us what he does. And, and he could sit here all day and tell you stories. I went to lunch with him. I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. And at the end of both services, I asked him to share with me what he, or share with you what he had shared with me privately. And that was the big need of going into Afghanistan and getting their Christian workers, part of their organization that were left behind, to get them out, to rescue them. Some of them, number six on the Taliban hit list. And we presented that need to you. And I'm happy to tell you, church, man, you blew me away. Pastor Bill was blown away. Last Sunday, you gave $19,720.09. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so I talked with Pastor Bill earlier this week, and I said, man, you got to send me a video. We, we need an update. We need to know what happened because we knew how urgent it was. And he did. So I want you to check this out. Hi, folks. Bill here. It was just a couple of days ago. We got our first family, our staff family, husband, wife, their three kids across the border. Took three buses to get them there. Got them across the border into Pakistan. We're on our way, folks. It's happening. And now, as you're going to be watching me and hearing me now, it's Sunday morning when you're watching this. There's the next group of folks that are coming on the bus that uh, we're getting ready to bring across. And now the word is out that some of the other Christians that have been stranded, and if, that they may have a chance to get out if we can help them. I wanted you to know this, so to say thank you. Thank you for giving. Thank you for praying. The battle's not over yet. We're still in it. But you guys are a part of it. It's what I call the power of partnership. I can do what I do, folks, all over the world but I can't do it without you. And like I told you last week, I am your missionary. Pastor, thank you. Folks, thank you for praying. Thank you for allowing people to get a chance at a new life. In Jesus' name, thank you. God bless. In our church's history, I don't know if we've ever been a part of something quite like that. I mean, think about it, church. We... We're funding mercenary missions now. I mean, that's, that's what we're doing. It's like we're sending out the expendables, you know. This is crazy. You can't make this kind of stuff up. And, and God is opening the door for us to make a worldwide impact. And you're not hesitating. It, it's kind of scary how you are moved by these missions and you walk right through it, and it's like, next, next. And I'll tell you, there is a next. I, I'm, I'm talking with someone right now about supplies that we've got to get out to Louisiana. There's going to be a next. Just, just be ready. And it doesn't scare me. It doesn't bother me because I know your heart, church, you are doing this. You're, and we're doing it together because this is what Christ was talking about. If you believe in me, you're going to do Greater works, greater things than what I did.
And you're doing it. You're fulfilling what he's called us to do and what he's empowered us to do. I'm teaching a series right now on Wednesday nights online. And, and it's, it's like my wife and my mom, they watch. And <laughs> I'll be so glad when our student center is built so I can start preaching in here on Wednesday nights again. I'm, I'm tired of staring into a camera, but... Um, I'm teaching a, a series right now on the book of Romans, the letter that Apostle Paul wrote to the Romans. And at the beginning of this letter, Paul says something to them that, that I want to say to you. Romans 1 and 8, he says this. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you. Because your faith is proclaimed in all the world. Destiny Community Church, for 15 years, your faith has been proclaimed in all the world. No matter what stage, I mean, somebody came to me after service, after first service, and they said, can we take a picture at the backdrop? We've only been coming for two weeks. I was like, yes, please take a picture. If this is your first day and you feel the Holy Spirit pulling you to be a part of this congregation, you're here with us. And I'm telling you, your faith is being proclaimed throughout all the world. We should want to connect with other believers to make a worldwide impact like this. Amen? Amen. And he commissioned us to do this. And I do, church. I thank God for you. Because there, there's power in unity. I, I, I can't help but think about this. The anniversary yesterday... 20 years ago, terrorists changed the way we do life. And America was, was wounded. We were wounded physically. We were wounded emotionally. For those of us that were alive, we will never forget September the 11th of 2001. Forever etched in our memories. And Although we observed that yesterday, and, and, and I believe in that, I think we've got to keep that, that remembrance there. I mean, we'll, we'll never forget, amen? We'll never forget. But it's September the 12th, 2001, that stands out in my mind the most. I had a phone call that morning from my pastor that I was working for in Tampa. He said, I, I need you to go to the church and, and unlock the church, get the lights on, make sure all the doors are unlocked, get some, some prayer music playing, some light music playing. I have a feeling we're going to be busy today. And we as a staff, we camped out in that church all day long. As hundreds, if not thousands of people just, just rotated through. America was in a mess. We were wrecked. Looking for answers. I remember this, this one man. I knew his wife and his kids, but I didn't know him that well. He didn't really come to church with his family. But he walks in that day, and man, this guy was, was messed up. Is this the world that he's going to have to raise his son and his daughter in? And I sat down with him, and I talked to him with what, what felt like for hours. By the end of that day, God allowed me the opportunity to one-on-one lead this man to a relationship with Jesus Christ. And here's what I started noticing. The unity. America was different. 
Yeah, we were, we were different because we were hurt. We were scared. But man, something happened inside our innermost being to where we, we weren't staring and, and looking at, down our noses at political lines. Race didn't separate us. We were, we were just so thankful to be alive and we were just so thankful. Man, we were hugging strangers. We were, it was just it was a, a, a very, very unique moment in our country's history where unity just, just prevailed. And we were all together. It was like we were in one mind and one accord. And you know in the scriptures, crazy things happen when people are in one mind and one accord, right? And we experienced this season of unity There's power in togetherness. I share all this history with you today of our church not because I want to live on yesterday's successes. We celebrate that. But listen, if, if the anniversaries of things that we would rather forget, if we're not going to let those define us, then let's don't let the successes define us either because that can get us in a world of trouble and pride can set in very quickly. Let's, let's become so focused on what he's calling us to do now. God, where are you leading us? What's the, what's, who's the next person that needs help? Who's the next person that I can be the extended arm of Christ, that I can be the body of Christ to here, now, right now, Lord? Who is that? And I have no doubt that this church will step up to the plate and say, here I am, Lord. Choose me. Pick me, Lord. Pick me. I can tell you, church, I'm, I'm not here to make a difference. There's a lot of organizations that make a difference. That, that's not, I, I'm not here just to make a difference. That's not it. I'm here to make a destiny. Not just for us. But I want to watch us continue to change lives around this globe. People that were hopeless, that they find hope because Christ put us together. And he uses us to bring glory to his name. I want to make something very plain, very, very clear right now. This church is not about me. I'm convinced if I, was, if I was to leave this earth tomorrow, this church will continue to make a worldwide impact. Here's for 15 more, amen. Thanks for listening to the Destiny Community Church Podcast. To learn more about DCC, including our service times and location, visit us at destinycommunitychurch.org.